Benvindo, everybody, to the Win or Learn podcast, a podcast that follows our journey in the art of jujitsu. We'll discuss our wins and lessons and have special guests that we meet along the way. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Isaiah. So let's roll right into it. So welcome to episode two of season two. Today, we're going to talk about the seminar that we had at our academy recently. We are going to go through our experiences, what we did, what we saw, how we felt, and so on. Isaiah, do you want to expand a little bit on who came and what happened? Yes. So for those of you who tuned in during our 10th episode of season one, where we interviewed Professor uh, Tiago Reynaldo, our instructor at Gracie Baja, he mentioned that he was due for his fourth stripe that was upcoming because, you know, he had already earned it and it was actually past due a little bit because of COVID issues that he couldn't have his professor come in. So now it was actually able to happen. Uh, professor Tiago was able to bring uh, Sensei Henrique Machado, who was his professor and still is his instructor. And they were able to fly him in from Manaus, uh, from Brazil. And he joined us and we had a very interesting seminar. I, we were not expecting what we got. I think me personally, when we came into it, I had seen videos of other seminars from you know other figures in uh, jujitsu like Kendall Rusing and you know other people like that. I mean, it's really just clips, I guess, that you get like on Instagram and all that. And it looked a lot more of you know people kind of just sitting and watching and then you know trying it, but like a really slow speed kind of thing. And that's what I was expecting. And when we really got into it with Sensei, you could tell just immediately how passionate he is about the sport. And it's like it like radiates from him how passionate he is about the sport. Even yeah. with the language barrier there, he's, he, communicated, he communicated everything, um, you know, perfectly. And he is also um, high ranking in judo. And that influence from judo was very evident early on when we started our training and we started our, um, our seminar. He did a lot of throws that involved a lot of judo grips, a lot of judo movements that were very difficult to master and very difficult to get. So I, I did enjoy it a lot. Uh, I don't know if you want to go a little bit more into detail of what exactly we did, but that's kind of how I felt about that. So in my perspective, I have a similar feeling about what I was anticipating for the seminars, uh, similar to your experience based off of what I had seen on YouTube through other people's seminars and Instagram through what I have seen clips of other people's seminars. And I had seen a seminar that Sensei Enrique Machado had done in the past on YouTube. Oh, again, clips of it. It's They never put up the full video because it's kind of their livelihood. Um, I assume it's their livelihood. But based off of those clips, I had seen people crisscross applesauce, like kindergarten style, sitting on the mats. And then just watching whoever is doing uh, holding the seminar. They were just kind of watching them do the techniques and, and kind of just sitting there and receiving that information. That's definitely not the case that we experienced. That's what I kind of expected going in. Also, I was kind of expecting a very tight timeline or time limit. I was expecting an hour and a half seminar, which is what we kind of we were going into and kind of what we had expected. And then it turned out to be kind of a three hour seminar, <laughs> which is, again, something that we the passion is there from Sensei Enrique Machado. And he asked everyone nicely if he could keep going because he said once he got teaching, he just wanted to keep going. And of course, everyone obliged and he just kept going. And then we looked up and it was one o'clock and it had started at 10. So definitely it was great. I think it was a great experience. Definitely would consider doing a seminar for other folks if, if we were to go somewhere and, and kind of experience that, but also would be interested in having our own seminar or more seminars at our academy. I know it's 
it's costly and there's visa situations and specifically with sensei he we had to bring him from brazil basically to our school so it was it was an interesting experience definitely and like you mentioned the judo was you could see it happen a lot you know and the technique techniques that he had brought let's let's get into what we were what we did so specifically we started with with kind of takedowns and i think a lot of the seminar was specifically based around takedowns so initially we started basically in obviously judo grips and we had our hands on uh, one hand on the lap- on the lapel and the other hand on the sleeve. And we would kind of like drag down to like the wrist and then somehow hook the leg one or, or the lead leg into like the inner side of the other person's leg and just kind of take them down like that. So it was very interesting and very awkward kind of takedown. In my opinion, it did take a while to get used to it. It was just weird. It, it, it did take us some time to master it. And I remember one of our new professors, um, was also kind of walking around and he was kind of trying to help us do it correctly. But it was also, it was just, it was difficult to master, I feel like, but definitely it was something that is going to be useful in the future once we become a little bit more advanced. But yeah, I think that's one of the things when I look back at it, the takedowns are very important during that seminar. I feel like that has to do a lot with the fact that sensei, he actually really, you know, pushed this when we were there that, it's always for him and his mentality when he's training or when he's fighting to attack first. He's, he was always telling us, you know, attack first, attack first, be the first person to go. And now when I saw that and when I heard that from him, it reminded me a lot of our own professor, Professor Tiago, because when we go to competitions and we see other people compete, we always hear him say that attack first, attack first, go first. And now I know where he kind of get that, gets that mentality from because Sensei was very similar in that, in that regard which is I feel that I feel like that's why he has such a great passion for takedowns and judo and all that because he's a very offensive uh, person when it comes to jujitsu, and you can tell that even from his other students. So um, our other professor, our new professor, is also one of his students, has the same kind of fighting style of pressing forward, being the first person to act um, instead of react. And I think that was very interesting to see that. He was just really trying to get us to work on takedowns. And even a few of them have kind of stuck with me. Like that one is specifically where you had the judo grips and then you kind of stick your leg between your opponent's leg and then you hook out. So like you kind of use your heel and then you hook their leg from the back and then you kick them out and then you um, kind of fall into them and then try to pass their guard and that's where we actually had our little accident that happened that day. Yeah. Uh, you want me to talk about that? I'm yeah, going to talk sure. about it. Actually, because, yeah, it's happened a few times now. So, that, like, I, like we said earlier, I mean, these techniques were techniques we've never seen before. They were takedowns that we've really never experienced. And to see the way that it was done and to try to replicate it almost felt impossible because he did it with such ease and such speed that when I would see him do it, I'm like, man, I don't know if I could do that. And then on one of them, we tried that little inside leg. So it was like, kind of like a trip more than a takedown. And then when you push down, you have to push the person's lapels down pretty much and then try to land on top of them and go to side control or go to full mount, whatever is available to pass the guard. And Tony here, uh, he did it, stuck his leg through, got the takedown, but I think he lost your balance, I think is what it was. That's what it looked like to me. And his knee fell all the way forward right between my legs. <laughs> And he put all his weight on one knee, and that knee was crushing me right between my legs. And I, 
And keep in mind, the gym was full. Probably the fullest I've ever seen the gym. There was very little space to move around. What are we thinking? Maybe like 50, 55 people on the mat. Like it was on the mat, sorry. It was crazy. And in front of everybody, I start rolling around and like screaming because I've never experienced that much pain before. And then everybody was just kind of just looking at me. That happened with that. And I was kind of on the mats for a few minutes there trying to, you know, get my bearings together. But And I wasn't sure what had happened. I because as I fell on you, I put a lot of shoulder pressure on your on your face. Uh, and so like my shoulder, apart from all my weight being on my knees, it was based, the weight was spread out between my knee, my single knee and my shoulder. So I thought it was your mouth. I thought like, oh, I just knocked this dude's teeth out of his mouth because a lot of shoulder had gone into your face. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Professor Tiago looks over and he's like, I know what it was. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked down and I saw you. Yeah. Rolling around. Yeah. And Professor Tiago's wife was next to us. And then uh, some of our other friends from the gym were also there. And they saw it happen in real time. So they knew exactly what had happened. And it was one of the worst pains I've ever felt. But I think a lot of it came from the fact that we weren't familiar with the technique. Yeah. Um, And we have really never worked techniques that are similar. So we were trying to figure it out. So it felt a lot like our first days in jiu-jitsu when we were trying to figure out like the intricacies of different techniques. Yeah. And that's really what the, that, that's what the result was from that because we were trying to feel out because we had never done stuff like this before. Like some of the techniques were really interesting, kind of like rolling with your opponent and then having them roll over their own head. It was just very, um, very different, I guess is what we can say. Very different to what we're used to. Yeah. And funny that you mentioned, it's like, it's like the first day we went to jujitsu. We've talked about this before in the past episodes that the very first few kind of months of our, our jujitsu journey we, we had a lot of injuries and it's because we didn't know how to do technique properly, I think. So I remember you had sat on my ribs at one point and my ribs are really messed up for like, a, like three or four months. Um, and then we've had other op- than your toe and then like a whole bunch of other stuff that happened along the way. It was like minor injuries that never really kept us out fully of jujitsu besides your toe incident, but were really uncomfortable. So it felt like that all over again. You're hundred. I didn't even think about that. It felt like that that beginning, like the beginning of the journey type situation, where it's like, oh, here we go again. We injured ourselves doing something we don't know what we're doing. So yeah. another one that we um, that we did that day was uh, an ankle pick. Um, so we officially yes. hadn't learned an ankle pick during a you know during one of the GB ones or GB twos, at least not when we've been there. Or we've been present, and I talked last episode about how I had seen this on a YouTube. And that's how I got hurt. I hurt my wrist. So it was nice to officially like learn the ankle pick properly and correctly with the guidance of a a professor who knows what they're doing and can actually tell you where to put your hands and not just use YouTube. So I would say that I'm familiar with the ankle pick now from the eyes of a a black belt and would be willing to like keep practicing that just to make sure I can perfect that and not injure my wrist again. Yeah, I also thought the same thing when we were training that that it was funny that that's exactly like a few weeks prior that's exactly how you had gotten hurt and now you know we we were able to learn that from somebody and I think we also have to give um, sensei his flowers right now I feel like very rare I think in the world of jiu-jitsu to be able to encounter somebody who has as much experience uh, has impacted the sport and has left such a legacy like sensei has for those who don't know I think he uh, trained Jessica Flowers and Jacare Souza, I think was mm-hmm. the two that he mentioned. 
So to have somebody, you know, teach you techniques and to know that they've had such a great impact on the sport and there's somebody who's really lived their life for the sport, it's very impactful when you're able to have that opportunity. So aside, even if it felt like it was like our first day, I think for me, it was enjoyable just to be able to say like, hey, like we were there, we were able to pick up a lot, not just technique wise, but mentality wise, he shared a lot of wisdom. He shared, you know, a lot of knowledge, I guess you can say. So it wasn't just like showing us techniques, but it was also like the mentality that he uses when he's training, kind of explaining to us how we should fight. And I think seeing the the similarities between him and his teaching style to Professor Tiago was also really entertaining. I think we spoke about this as we left the gym that day about how similar they are in terms of teaching. And to see him get his promotion as well, I think that's another thing that we haven't really talked about. To see Professor Tiago get his promotion after seeing all his accomplishments and you know consistently keeping up with all his results in his competitions, that was also very nice to see, very motivating to, uh, I mean, for me personally, it was motivating to just to be in the presence of so many people. Because in the room, aside from Professor Tiago, uh, our new professor and sensei, there was also professors from uh, Gracie Baja that's also close to us as well. Right. And their professors were there, more black belts. So to be in like the presence of all these people who are so accomplished in jujitsu, for me at least was very inspiring just to think like, man, I, you know, maybe I won't be as good as them one day, but at least strive to be in the sport as long as they have and to continue to, to work as hard as they have. Definitely. To I, reach this point. Sensei Machado, he lives and breathes. Like we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, he lives and breathes jujitsu and it was evident and he's a great teacher. Not everyone can teach. Uh, I'm in the education field and I work some time with, with physicians and physicians aren't the best. You know, they're obviously incredibly smart people, but that doesn't translate into being incredibly great teachers. And you have to have a special skill set to be, to be able to transfer the information, you know, to another person. So definitely there's passion there uh, in Sensei Machado and in Professor Tiago and all the other professors who are at our academy and other academies across uh, our state. So definitely, definitely was a, was an awesome experience. Definitely hope that he can work his way back to the States at some point. So he can continue something that I did that you mentioned about fight style. I did notice that their fighting style, the way that he kind of talked about grip fights um, and how, I don't know if you remember that, but he kind of talked about how fighting for grips is like something that he's passionate about. And he mentioned a UFC fight that um, was it a UFC fight. I think it was a jujitsu tournament that Jock Ray was in. And he was was against another world champion jujitsu, you know, fighter. And he mentioned how the whole time they're just fighting for grips, fighting for grips. Yeah. That it was just basically like 10 minutes of people fighting for grips. And he said that to him, that was like, you know, a masterpiece. masterpiece. It was beautiful. Because to see some like two people who are so experienced and so talented at fighting for grips and to be able to see them do that, he said that it was, you know, beautiful to watch. And, and it's funny because that also triggers the memory of like what Professor Chiago has drilled in our minds about how grips are so, so important in jujitsu. So again, it's like you see, like I called him our grandfather professor. So you see like the trainings that he has put into Professor Chiago. And like you, you can see 
that the lineage kind of the style of, of learning. So it's, it's really awesome. And it was super awesome to experience not only learning from him, but seeing our professor get his next stripe on his belt. And I think one thing that was also interesting to, to learn from them and to kind of gather was their relationship that they've had over the years. I uh, professor Tiago was talking about it a lot about how, when they used to train back in the Academy and, in Manaus that they would, you know, we, I think we've spoken about this before as well, that professor Tiago's a hundred percent, a guard fighter. Like he loves pulling guard. And he mentioned about how sensei would always, you know, kind of get on his case about pulling guard all the time that he would be like, no, get up or like, let's restart, start from the feet, take me down or stuff like that. Or he would try to take him down. A lot of the times when he was even showing his techniques, he tried a few of them on professor Tiago. And for those of you who haven't met him or haven't seen him in person, Professor Tiago is very a very very tall man. Uh, he's a very big guy, and Sensei Enrique Machado is about my height. I would say about like five, you know, five seven, five. No eight. way, he he is smaller. Shorter? Yeah, he's shorter than me. All right, so maybe like five 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 six ish. Yeah, around there. And he was picking him up and doing judo throws on our professor. And Professor Tiago is probably like six two, maybe maybe six three. About, yeah, about and, way over. He he fights in the ultra heavyweight too, so he's yeah. definitely over two twenty. So he was picking him up and throwing him around and we're talking about somebody who's not super super young and i was like this is impressive and to me that was also and i think we've spoken about this before it was also a reminder of how beautiful this sport is in the sense that you don't have to be the strongest you don't have to be the biggest you don't have to be the fastest that if you know true technique you can accomplish some pretty impressive stuff and that was one of the prime examples who in their right mind would think that somebody you know, who's very small in comparison to their opponent could move them like that or throw them around. And he was doing it to everybody. Uh, either one of the professors that went up there and, and for a demonstration, he was throwing them around and tossing them like it was nothing. And I think that, that was just, for me, that was another reminder of why, especially me for somebody like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit smaller than, than most people that we train with a reminder of how important, you know, proper technique is and the right mentality is when you train the sport like jujitsu, because regardless of how big or small you are, anybody could be a threat if they've practiced enough techniques and mastered enough techniques throughout, you know, their training. Definitely. And I always remember this quote that Joe Rogan said one time about how, like, if you have, if your jujitsu is sharp, it does not matter who your opponent is. And you see that a lot right now with uh, the UFC and Charles Oliveira and how he's kind of dominating his division basically solely on, on jujitsu. I mean, the last two, three fights that we've seen have all basically been subs and masterful use of jujitsu. So it doesn't really matter, you know, if you're the biggest, if you're the biggest or the smallest or the strongest or not as strong as a normal person, as long as you have a sharp technique and sharp jujitsu, you can use it in any occasion in, against any opponent, whether it's in the streets in an, an emergency situation, obviously in the streets, not just picking random fights with people or in a competitive situation through IBJJF or whatever your local competitions and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely one of, I think one of the most memorable experiences I think we've had so far in the sport. Like I said, just to be able to be around somebody who's so, I don't know, renowned, I guess you can say in the world of jujitsu, somebody who's so accomplished it was really a great opportunity for us. That's why when they first told us that he was coming, 
we were like the first ones that were like, how can we RSVP? Because we, we RSVP the same day that they announced it. Yeah, we we literally did because we were just so excited to, to be there and to be able to experience that. And I would definitely say that it was worth it. It was, you know, something that was very inspiring, like I said earlier, and just the fact that we were able to be there. And I did like, uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, just the fact that he started with, all right, guys, we're going to go with like an, or I guess it was kind of assumed we were going to do an hour and then he was like, 30 more minutes. And then he was like, okay. He was like, maybe another 30 minutes. And he's like, you know what? He's like, let's just go to 12. So then 12 came around. He was like, 15 more minutes, one last technique. And he was like, you know what? Here's another technique that's based off of the last technique. Yeah. And it just kept going like that until like one o'clock. And I just thought it was awesome because I feel like sometimes I've seen, not I've never experienced this in person, but I have seen you know YouTube videos and stuff like that where people treat martial arts like a like a transaction where mm-hmm. it's like okay you're gonna pay me x amount i'm gonna be here for x amount of time once that time hits i'm out yeah and when you experience things like that in person where someone goes it's out of their about way the money yeah exactly or somebody just goes out of their way to go above and beyond to teach you more just because out of pure passion for the sport mm-hmm. that's something that just you know, it makes you kind of fall in love with the sport a little bit more because you see other people and how they, how it's kind of built their life. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, man, like this can be such a beautiful thing when you have all these people in the room with one common goal, you know, just to train and get better. So it's, for me, I think that was, that was probably my favorite part of it that just to see the passion that he has even so many years into his career now that he still has probably that same passion that he had when he first started, or maybe he's even more passionate about it now. Right. And I think it was just great. Yeah, it's awesome. So let's wrap up the conversation. Let's talk about one thing each that we both liked about the seminar. For me, the first thing that comes to mind was definitely seeing Professor Tiago get his promotion. I thought that was really cool. I feel like we've, you know, grown very close to him. And he says this all the time that we're like his family in the gym. And that's really how I feel like, you know, I feel like we're all just one big family. So I think having everybody in that environment together, the camaraderie in the room, you know, it was like a buzz in the gym that day. I don't know how to describe it but then just the atmosphere in the gym that day was very you know electric like once everybody was on the mats from the first moment everybody was talking everybody was laughing having a good time so aside from the amazing instruction for me I also liked the environment of the gym I liked the atmosphere of that day it was you know it was one of the best classes I guess you if you want to call it a classic special class that I've been a part of just off the pure, you know, energy of everybody that was there and everybody's just really excited just to be there and be able to share that moment together. How about you? What was your favorite part of the day? I'd say my favorite part was just being able to experience the exchange of knowledge, the passion of sensei and professor and like being able to see the fruits of I guess the fruits of their labors so like being able to see like oh this is it was cool to kind of see professor Tiago it was kind of like an origin story for professor Tiago and I know we had talked about it you know kind of where he came from and what he's done but to actually put like a face to his teacher who he's worked with for 20 plus years was really really cool to kind of understand oh this is why you are the way you are professor Tiago like this is why you fight this way Oh, this is why you teach this way. It was kind of cool to to get a deeper understanding of not just jujitsu and technique, but also of who, you know, who we hang out with like every week. One last thing before we wrap up, just based off of that, kind of a funny note. I had the same exact thought when I first met him and I shook his hand because when he walked in, that's another thing. Coolest guy ever, very humble man. He walked in and everybody that he met on the path to 
to go to like the changing room. He shook everybody's hand, say hi to everybody. Like he didn't just like walk in and just like do his own thing. Like, no, he walked in, said hi to everybody. But when I first shook his hand, the first thing that came to mind was the story that Professor Tiago told on our podcast of how he would go look for him at his house when he didn't feel mm-hmm. like training and like would drop water in his face and all that. So that's the first thing that came to mind, like all the stories that Professor Tiago told us about him, about how he would kind of force him to go train when he didn't feel like it. But yeah, overall, I think it was a really great experience and we appreciate everybody for listening. Like we've said, we've had a lot of a lot of things that we want to have uh, happen for season two. A lot of things that we have planned. Yeah, we appreciate all the support that we've had. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. And uh, have a great one, everybody. Os. Os. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Our episodes release every other Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe on the platform of your choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and more. Thank you again for listening and us. Us.